Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How many people are excited to be in God's house today? How many people are thrilled to be in God's house today? What a joy, what a joy to be in his presence, to be in worship. We thank the Lord for our salvation. We thank him for his mercy over our lives. We thank him for his patience, his goodness, and his beautiful forgiveness towards us. Amen? Amen. And we just thank God for our worship team to lead us into worship. We thank all of you. We thank God for everyone who takes part, um, not just here in the building, but throughout the week. We thank you all for being part of the community of Christ that we surround ourselves around the person of Jesus. So whether you lead here as a pastor or you're just here with a heart to serve, we thank God for you. You are creating, you are creating the body of Christ. You're helping the unity flow within the body. And so we just thank God for you. And, and today's a special day, amen? And so on behalf of the Dwelling Place Church and all our pastors and our leaders, we wanna wish uh, a very special and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here at the Dwelling Place Church. We thank God for your lives and we thank God for the, the gift of life that you have given us. Isn't it beautiful when we think of this, that when God created for life to be born and whenever that strategy happened in his mind and in his will, um, in his wisdom, he thought it was wisest to place the heartbeat of life within the womb of a woman. So I guess when he was in heaven, he saw a picture of me, a man, and he saw a picture of my wife, a woman, and he said, yeah, we're going to go with her on this one. <laughs> now, obviously, it wasn't with me and Pastor Tanya that all existence come into being. But we have in the beautiful story of Genesis with the first man, Adam, and the first woman, Eve. Uh, they were created. Adam was created from the dust of the earth. And from within that man, Adam, God reached into him. And the Bible tells us this crazy story that he pulled out his rib. And from the rib, he created a woman. I don't even know what that really means. I mean, we could take it at face value. Okay, that's great. But then after he had man and after he had woman, there was still a, deciding, a decision to be made by God and by the divine counsel. And when the time came for children and life to go on and to flourish and to fill the earth, he found something special in that woman that he created. And he entrusted her, he entrusted her womb to nurture and to carry creation and the bible tells us this in genesis that her name was eve and it means the mother of all living and so um, this is who woman has been for all of creation towards us she is the mother of all living and so we thank god today for for the women in our lives for the mothers 
I think a very special happy Mother's Day to my mother and my, my sisters and my wife and my daughter. Um, you are the mothers of all living, you know, to our family and all the mothers here. You, it, is, it is mothers who carry and nurture and, and the power of, 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 of life begins there, of course, together with, 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 uh, with man. But there's something special about that. That's something that you hold. And so we thank you all for, for the life that you give to us. And so we also want to acknowledge, as Pastor Daniel said, we know a day like Mother's Day when we celebrate and when we say we honor them, right? Uh, this could be a difficult time if you have lost your mother, if your mother's no longer here. And so today we are, we are with you. Our hearts go out to you. And today we pray also that we would um, just remember with you. And, and we pray that today you will be just filled with peace and uh, filled with memories of great joy. Um, and we thank God for your life because it is because of your mother. We also want to acknowledge that at this time it could be a difficult time. There are people who don't know who their birth mother is. And there are people who have bad experiences through life with their parents and even with their mothers. And so today on different levels it could be difficult for you. Um, and so we want to be with you also in those feelings today. And even though maybe your mother was not who you expected her to be or you don't know her, uh, that today you will be able to sit with us and listen to us and, and see a picture of, of good mothers and that you would not uh, just continue to maybe to grow in that pain or maybe grow into bitterness, but you would be able to see and recognize other great women and mothers around you and that God would speak to you to your own situation today. Uh, and today I have prepared a Mother's Day sermon. I prepared a Mother's Day sermon. And I think biblically, uh, this is a good thing that we do. Someone might say, why are we going to do that? It's just another holiday. Why don't we just be spiritual? Today I want to suggest to you, today I want to suggest to you that this is spiritual. I want to suggest to you that the Bible is all about this in many ways. And so, uh, while you're standing, let us open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read verses uh, 1 through 3. All but one of the verses are going to be read from the New International Version, just if you have your Bible app or you're just wanting to know. All but one verse today will be read in New International Version. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. We read this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the church says, Amen. For everyone who did not think, such is spiritual. It reads, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And when it says parents, this includes your fathers and your mothers. So once again, children, how many of us are children? We're all children. <laughs> we all were birthed. <laughs> so all of us, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Here we go again. For this is right. Ready? Verse 2. Honor your father and mother. And he, you see those quotation marks there? So... Paul, the writer, is not creating this. He's, he's quoting this. 
Okay, so he's pulling on a passage of scripture. He's not making this up right here. He's pulling and we're going to see where he pulls from. But he quotes, honor your father and mother, end of quotation marks. And then he says, which is the first commandment with a promise. Ah, so now he's letting you know that this is part of the commandments. So he's not even necessarily quoting Moses. He's quoting God who gave the commandments to Moses. But he's pulling on the Hebrew scriptures. He's pulling on the commandments. He's pulling on the Torah to bring this to the New Testament church. So this is saying a lot. It's letting the New Testament church know that some of that stuff ain't that old. And look what it goes on to say. The quotations begin so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Amen. Amen. You guys may be seated. My title today is A Reason to Honor. Amen. A Reason to Honor. So once again, happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mothers who belong to the Dwelling Place Church in our community. Specifically, you who belong to the Dwelling Place Church, you are, you are giving life. You're giving life to our church. And we know this is not just limited to the day that you have given birth to us as children, but even now as, as mothers, as nurturers, as caregivers, as lovers, as, as who you are in your natural nature, uh, you are still daily giving life to us. And we just thank God for you. There is nothing like a mother. There's something special about a mother as there's something special about a father. There's a uniqueness to who those two individuals are that God designed to make up our family and to make up our churches and our community. So we thank God for you. So if you remember just a couple of weeks ago, uh, I believe when we were in our Christian series, I believe the title was Love as a Way of Life, I preached and we read in Ephesians chapter five where Paul is writing to the Ephesians. The Ephesians are Gentiles. They are Gentiles who became believers, and they believed in the gospel message preached. Uh, and in that sermon, I spoke to you about my own personal journey with the book of Ephesians. As a child, my mother trained us up in the ways of the Lord. Hence, we are still on that path, and it is our prayer that we will never depart. Amen. And so as a child, I always tell this story. My mom had me reading Revelations ch chapter 19 as a bedtime story, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, John 1. I, I was like, I don't know, less than 10 years old. And I remember the gospel of John chapter 1, which is 50 plus verses, I had that memorized. And Revelation chapter 19. I don't even have that memorized now. <laughs> but at one point, we did. Um, and so I remember as a child, my mom was huge on us in Bible study, not just at church Bible study, but at home Bible studies. We all double up in a week, and I hated it. I was. <laughs> if, if you call our family a class of Bible study, and my mom had other spiritual children in her lives throughout our community that she would bring into our home. Pastor Michael is a product of a kid that my mom met in the street who my mother evangelized to and put into those home Bible studies and brought to church. And today he is who he is. He is walking in his faith because of a mother. And so in part of our, yeah. So like I said, we would do these home Bible studies. I was the worst kid there. 
Maybe because it was so familiar to me because it was my home. I was the baddest student at home Bible study, and I hated it. It's so crazy. Um, but God has done a work in my life, praise the Lord. And today I am a pastor who loves studying the Bible. Absolutely love it. Um, but in Christian series, I opened up and I read a passage in Ephesians chapter 5. Go ahead and read it. And in that chapter, he talks about being humble. And, 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 and he speaks about saying, you, were, you once were darkness. Right? And I like to use that. Not you were in it. He says you were it. But now you are light. Walk as children of the light. And you can find that in Ephesians chapter 5. But I began with saying that as a child, I remember reading the book of Ephesians as well. And I remember reading those first chapters. And I also read it in King James Version. Because that's the only version that counts. That counted in our home as kids. Every other translation. No. <laughs> it was King James Version, right? So I can read a King James Version Bible now, and I could be okay. You are stuck. We are not. <laughs> Saith, thuseth, <laughs> brethren if, no. We were okay. We were good with that. The, the old English wasn't a barrier to us. We were just used to reading it. But when I got to Ephesians, I remember getting stuck on it, not because of the language, but because of how profound it was. Now, you go read Ephesians chapter 1, King James Version, and uh, it's talking about mysteries, and it is a mystery. <laughs> and I remember reading those first chapters and, and, and just reading it and, and having this feeling. This is deep, and I know it's deep. I just don't know. I just don't understand. <laughs> right? I just don't get it. Um, but it's a beautiful chapter, chapter one. Chapter two continues in how deep it is. And, and in the first three chapters of Ephesians, if you want to look at Ephesians, see Ephesians in two sections. It's a total of six chapters. See Ephesians one, two, and three as one section. See four, five, and six as the second section. But they are working together. But Ephesians chapter 1 through and 3, if you get some, you know, some more modern translations, they help you out. But it still reveals such depthness to our understanding of the grace of God towards us. In Ephesians chapter 1, it reveals to us that the Gentiles were part, predestined to be part of the inheritance that is in Christ Jesus. And you continue in chapter 2 and in chapter 3, and it reveals to you how God has taken down, torn down the dividing wall between the Jew and the Gentile. And that from the beginning, this was all part of God's plan. Chapter 1 talks about the spiritual blessings that are in Christ Jesus. Chapter 2 highlights that by grace we are saved, through faith, uh, not of ourselves, for it's a gift of God. No one can boast. And so chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Ephesians have the deep, profound uh, theological stuff towards our salvation. Much of the truth of our understanding, theological truth of our salvation, can be found in Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3. And so when one understands this, this could put you ahead of the rest. 
It can put you ahead of the rest. You're understanding mysteries that are revealed through Christ Jesus. You're understanding how grace works. This is great insight to your theology. This gives you great understanding that it's no longer Jew and Gentile, but all come under, through Christ, come into the plan of salvation. And this is beautiful. This is great theological truth. And so as one is reading, as one's understanding, I remember the time when I was getting that. I remember that sense. Oh, I got this mystery now. There was a moment when the mystery started to click and, and, and the deep thoughts that are kind of like blurry, knowing that there's deep stuff there, started to make sense. And I, I remember having that moment, wow, this is so profound. But what I did in that sermon in the Christian series, I said, what is the purpose of acquiring deep mystery? What's the purpose of getting such revelation and understanding it? And so many times when someone acquires wisdom Biblical truths and deep understanding, what naturally tends to happen to us and what we tend to do is this. We start to elevate ourselves above those who have yet to understand the deep mystery. Many times we could put people on pedestals. The more wisdom that they gain, the more spiritual insight that your pastor discloses to you, the more you see him as this mysterious, super spiritual person. And so this is something that happens in human nature. Smarter people get on a higher pedestal. This happens within our churches too. Those that possess spiritual gifts and, 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 and knowledge and wisdom, they, we, they tend to float higher than the rest of us. Amen? That's when the pastor comes in and is like, wow, man, when he came in the room, I just felt the presence of God all over that man. Possibly true. What tends to happen to us and how we tend to interpret such wisdom on other people or their, even their understanding is they tend to, to float above the rest. And so if you're getting Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, you can start to float with mystery and float with deep understanding. But what is so beautiful about the book of Ephesians, because if you survive the deep mysteries of 1 through 3, what ends up happening in the second half of the book, 4, 5, and 6, you realize this, that the deep, profound mystery isn't, hear me, isn't to make you float above the rest. 4, 5, and 6, in the end of 1, 2, and 3, is to ground you in humility, in humility beneath everyone. Go ahead and read it and see it in two sections. As you're trying to work through such insight, when you get it, it's not to elevate you. Verse 4 of chapter 4 begins with telling you to be humble and to be patient and to be in unity and to be in love. And then the rest is talking about your character. And so this is what I want us to understand as a church. The more spiritual we become, the more humble we should be and the more grounded. He, you're not spiritual to make you float, but you're spiritual to be practical in love. Why become spiritual and then not love? Why become spiritual and understand the mysteries of God and you understand the, the, dispensation, the dispensation and the fullness of times that are through Christ Jesus of Ephesians chapter 1, but then you hate people? There's no, there's no purpose and understanding that the wall of partition has been destroyed between Jew and Gentile. And then after that, you don't know how to walk in unity with other people. So, the, and this is what I'm learning the more I study this Bible. 
the deeper you go, the more it's supposed to ground you here on earth, not make you float above the rest. And that's why in chapter 5, it says, you're not darkness no more, you're light. Be children of the light. Walk in love. Get rid of your nasty attitude. Like, so all that great understanding was for you to get rid of your nasty attitude and to change your character, to, to be forgiving as Christ forgave you. That's what the purpose of all of that great stuff is for. Not for you to be like, I'm too spiritual, I can't talk to you. I'm too spiritual, I can't hang out with you. Well, for one, people, Jesus was more spiritual than all of you, and that's exactly what he did. So you're supposed to be a light in darkness, not be a light that can only associate with light. You're supposed to be a light that comes and illuminates the darkness of people. And so if you really want to be Christ-like, then that's what you will do. So check this out. I said all of that to get to Ephesians chapter 6 that we read. A book that begins about talking about the dispensation of times all coming together in Christ Jesus in chapter 1. In chapter 6, which is the last chapter where we read, look how he's ending. He's ending practically. Children, obey your parents. What? Yep. That's why you got the Holy Ghost, homeboy. That's why you got the Holy Ghost, homegirl. That's why you want to speak in tongues. You want to do this. You want to prophesy. You want to do all that. Great. Do all of that, but obey your parents. He starts talking about the gift of the apostles and the prophets and all of that in Ephesians. But in the end, it's all of that stuff is to ground you. Parents, let us know if your kids prophesy, but they don't obey at home. That, that's what the Bible would say. If, 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 if your kid has a spiritual gift to lay hands on the sick, that does not excuse them from being obedient to you. Children, don't ever try to use what God has spiritually done in you as an excuse that you do not need to obey your mother and your father. I don't care what great revelations and visions. I don't care. You're the second Samuel on earth. Awesome, second Samuel. But obey your parent. Because if you don't and you want to go out and hold the revival outside, your mother's going to say, So it's not to take away from the, spur, the supernatural of who you are, but it's to ground you practically that, okay, spiritual people, people who are in Christ and possess all these supernatural powers and wonders should also be obedient, loving, humble, and practical. So he begins, this is the last chapter. Look how he's closing. You would think, man, I remember reading it. If he started like this, gosh, I'm, I need a seatbelt. Six chapters of this? And so it's like going like this. It's taking you up, and then it just grounds you. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then he, Paul quotes, not necessarily Moses, but God who gave the law. And he says, honor your father and mother. And then he pauses and says, which is the first commandment with a promise. So he's reminding them, there's actually a promise attached to this commandment. Then he continues it in verse 3. So it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Let's read Exodus chapter 20 verse 12. Because I want you to see what Paul is pulling on. He's pulling on 
in Exodus chapter 20 are the Ten Commandments. Best way to remember that, where are the Ten Commandments? In the book of Exodus, you should be at least remember that. And what helps me is there's Ten Commandments plus 10, 20, Exodus 20 is where the Ten Commandments are. That's how my mind works. So now this is the fifth commandment. There are 10 of them. So there's, you could say that there's a first set and then there's a second set. And the first set of the 10 commandments are all about the, the God and honoring him and he's jealous and no gods before him. All this deep stuff, kind of like Ephesians. And then when you get to five, it's like, okay, all of that great stuff that's so deep about God is to ground you about what? Honoring your father and your mother, loving your neighbor and not stealing and all this lying and bearing false witness. And all, all the depth is about grounding you practically on earth. Do you ever notice that in the commandments? So there's a part one or part two. There's like, a, there's like sections of the commandments. And so it's honor your father and your mother. That's exactly what he quoted in Ephesians 6. Then he pauses and says, which is the first commandment with the promise. And then he continues. And then here, Exodus 20, 12 says, so that you may live long in the land the Lord Yahweh your God is giving you. Honor your mother and your father and here's the, this is why Paul says it's the first commandment with a promise. Because attached to that is this. So that honor your mother and your father so that you may live long in the land your God is giving you. So there's a promise attached to the commandment. Hear it one more time. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land Yahweh is giving you. It's good, right? If you honor, you will live long. As a child, I remember saying, I need to be nice to mommy and daddy so I could live really long. <laughs> yep, I got this. Just be nice. Because if I be nice then I'm promised long life by God. How many of us still, still understand it to that capacity? I'm sure there's a lot of people who understand it. Be nice to mommy and daddy because if you're nice to them, God promises that you're going to live for almost forever. Now, in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy just means the second law. It's the fifth book of the Torah, of, of the first five books of the Bible. And it's, this is, in Deuteronomy, is where the nation is getting ready to enter into the promised land. And there's going to be an exchange between leadership of Moses and, and, and Joshua. And here in Deuteronomy, Moses is reciting the law to the people because they're about to enter in. And the first generation that received the law on that mountain is dead. They did not make it because of their disobedience. And so this is the children of that generation who are now grown up and getting ready. Remember, they're in the wilderness for 40 years. They're getting ready to go into the promised land. And Moses is like, uh-uh, guys. I cannot have you be the rebellious children that your parents were, not just to me, but to God. 
And so there, there are children who have not been obeying their parents was the first generation, and as a result of that, they all died except for 20 and under. And so now this generation, Moses is like, the promised land is here. Let's not blow it this time, guys. God has been faithful. Even though your parents died in the wilderness and they're not going to see the promise, God is so faithful that he has not removed the promise from you. So before you guys went there, and Moses is like, I know I said this to your parents, but now's my time to tell it to you just one more time. I'm in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. Look what Moses tells the people. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And so with this, what Moses is doing, he's reminding this next generation who the promised land, the land that flows with milk and honey, the land of Canaan, that is their inheritance. And he tells them, Honor your father and your mother so that when you get in the land, you may live long. And look what he says. He says, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Commanded. Not suggested honor. It's not a suggestion. I think this would be the best thing to do type of honor. He's not asking for honor as a suggestion. It would be nice if you were being nice to your parents. He says, as God commanded you to. And so here in terms of honor, honor is not a suggestion for the nation of Israel. Honor is a command. And it's such a command that it is part of the Ten Commandments, the real deal, guys. Now, Israel as a nation would have 600 plus kind of, you could say, instructions to obey, but, they, but they're on top of the foundation of the first 10. And so this is not like a 601, like a last thought. Hmm, let me give them one more. Okay, this one. And no, it's part of the 10. It's the fifth one, and it has a promise attached to it. And so what you need to understand for the children of Israel, as they would enter into their promised land, this was huge for them as spiritual people. Remember what God told uh, the people through Moses? That if they entered into covenant agreement with him, this is in Exodus chapter 19, he, he promised to be their God. And they would be a special people to him, a kingdom of priests. When Peter speaks about the royal priesthood, a holy nation, he's only pulling on what God said to the nation of Israel in Exodus chapter 19. It was God who spoke to Moses who told them that they were a a, a kingdom of priests and a special people, peculiar, and a treasure unto him. And so what you need to understand is that we all know, first and foremost, when we look at the nation of Israel, we know that they had a temple system, amen? We know that they had a worship system, amen? They had a sacrificial system, amen? They had feasts and celebrations and all this stuff. They had a priest system, say amen, right? That they had this whole church system and this whole religious system. And that's usually in the forefront of our study. That's what we read in the Bible. That's what you read in Leviticus. That's what you read about in, uh, right? And all that stuff like that, that you know that there's the whole church system, temple system, tabernacle system, right? All for them. But what we fail to see is that there was a whole honor system, There was an honor system within that system. 
And before they went to the temple, they lived in a house. Before they built the tabernacle, they built the tents of their own homes. And within that system, that's oftentimes overlooked, was a commandment of honor. It was a commandment of honor. At certain times, they would go to the tabernacle into the temple. At certain times, parents would go and do the sacrificial stuff. And at certain times, they would go and have this festival. But just like you and I, we go to church on certain days a week, but we're, our life is not just here. That's why you can't limit your relationship to God to just here, because that's just a show up and then a show out. But ultimately, what Christ wants to do is he wants to infiltrate. He wants to be part of your whole entire life. This is why in Ephesians, he can talk about, Paul can write about, you know, grace and all this great deep stuff. But then he tells you to go home and he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church who gave himself up for her. Then he tells women to go home home and respect their husbands like like as uh yeah respect your husbands and all that good stuff right he tells you to be humble and to be obedient to be patient he tells you to go home and do all that stuff and so just like for us that there's this church aspect of our christian life but there's a there's a reality that it has to play out with our parents and with our brothers and with our husbands and with our uh with our wives is the same way that the nation of Israel, yes, they had all that temple and there was lambs being slaughtered and bulls being killed, but no, there was real mommy and daddy and real kid life at home in a community and kids running outside and playing and scraping their knees and there was a whole school system that got established as well. We tend to just see and read about the stuff that's happening at the temple and when a priest was bad and when a king was bad and how it destroyed and sent the whole nation into darkness but there was real life taking place at home and there was supposed to be in the home and so he was a priest in the temple but in the home he was father understand that and maybe she was a prophet that God used but at home she was mother and every prophet of the old testament Isaiah Jeremiah called them all out they were sons at home and on top of the prophecy, or at, better to say, at the bottom of the prophecy, and at the bottom of the priesthood, and at the bottom of the man of God, and at the bottom of the woman of God, was supposed to be within them honor for their father and their mother. And so if you were, did not honor your father and mother, this was a huge thing for them. Do you know that? You know how huge this was? See, we think, oh, they're in sin. If they didn't do the sacrifice right, they're in sin. Did they build up an idol? You know, you know, the man who's an idolatrous, take him out and stone him, you know. And the people that do this, take him out and stone him. You know, but the honor system was just as real and taken just as serious. Did you know that? The same way how there was punishment for building up an idol and worshiping it, there was punishment if children did not honor Let's just read Deuteronomy 21, because now we're still in Deuteronomy now. We just read Deuteronomy 5, right, where he's telling the children, don't be like your parents. God told us, honor your father and your mother so that when you get in the land that he's giving you, you're going to live long. Look how this finishes up in Deuteronomy. Now, for us, we live in this modern world where it's like you go to the grocery store, and it's like the, the children are the parents. It's like what happened to our world I grew up and my mother hit me with stuff. Now you go to the grocery store and you see kids hitting their parents and saying, I hate you. And if you do this, I'm going to call the cops on you. Have you ever seen a kid sunning their parents? 
Have you ever seen a child son their mother? I've seen it. Have you ever seen a daughter son her mother? We live in a... Let's just... Now, I'm not saying we got to go back to Deuteronomy 21, but I want you to understand the principle and the seriousness of honor. There was no way that you take a, a kid in our generation and you zap him back to the past, and he's going to be in the, out in the wilderness, and he's going to tell his mommy, I hate you, and if you hit me, I'm hitting you back. You know what happens to kids like that? Deuteronomy 21, verse 18 to 20. I just want to show you how, how, how important honor was. Deuteronomy 21, please. If someone has a stubborn and rebellious son who spazzes at you in aisle 14, who does not obey his father and his mother and says, I hate you, and I will hit you, and I will not listen to them when they discipline him, his father and his mother shall take hold of him, yes, put their little hands and grab him or her, and bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. See, when these little kids spaz out in public, you're like, shut up. Don't make a scene because you know you can't grab them there. Right? You just give them the evil eye because you, you're waiting to get them in the parking lot. You're waiting to get them in the car. You're waiting to take them home where no one can hear what happens. Not here. You took your kid in front of Oh, you want to act up? Aisle 15, come on over to my aisle and watch what's about to happen. Hey, let everyone in the parking lot know it's about to go down. Little Timmy doesn't like mama today. <laughs> They shall say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death. Little Timmy of today's world would not have made it very far back then. You must, look, you must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and be afraid. I'm sure, in part, this is why children honored their parents more back then. Half of it was probably more so out of fear, maybe even than love. And I'm not telling you we got to go back to a Deuteronomy uh, 21 type society. But what this is to show you is that the nation of Israel, this is, how, this is how much the command of honor was respected and upheld. Now, if you read the rest of your Bible, you don't, there's not one case where you see this happen that is recorded in our Bibles. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but that was an instruction. I hope to God it didn't happen that Timmy and Samantha were that dumb, understanding the, 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 the punishment here. There's no Timmy. There's no Samantha here, I don't think. Oh, there is. I'm not talking about you. You're good. <laughs> but I hope that these children were not that disobedient and dishonoring. And so all children grew up understanding what honor was. And so for some of us that say, you know, well, um, uh, we, we think, so this is how we interpret honor. We think of honor as just honoring someone in their presence. Like when they come in, okay. Love you, Dad. 
love you, mom, you know? And then when they walk out the room, then it's like, I hate you, dad, I hate you, mom. And so when they just come into your room, we, we, we honor people's presence. We honor when they come in, we honor them in front of their faces, but then we curse them when they are behind closed doors. I want you to know that that didn't fly with the nation of Israel. That's not good enough for honor there because honor goes beyond their presence. So, so, so this word honor is so much different than how we understand honor because we say we honor parents, but we know some of us were the kids that were spazzing out a couple of years ago in Publix. We were those kids. We say that we honor our parents because on Mother's Day we give them flowers and this big celebration, but we are those kids that when the door closes, then all the cuss words come out at mama and papa. That didn't work in this society, in this kingdom of priests. Let's read one more Leviticus chapter 20, verse 9. Anyone who curses their father or their mother is to be put to death. Because they have cursed their father or their mother, their blood will be on their own head. So respecting them in person is one thing, but you can't curse them to their face and don't, and don't get caught cursing them behind their back either. This was a system of honor. And so they have a command to honor them. Not just a command to celebrate them. I would say here in our Western modern day world, we do good at celebrating. I would say I think we fail at honor. We put those two words together that if I celebrate you, then I honored you. Take that, mom. Take that, dad. But honor and celebrate are two different things. It's awesome to know that 61 countries in our world today, there's actually close to 200 countries in our world, 61 of those have some type of Mother's Day celebration. Some of them are on the same day. There's like 45 countries I celebrated on this day. The rest celebrated through different times with different names, but it's all in celebration of a mother. They have the same thing with fathers. But a celebration is so much different than biblical honor here, okay? We need to understand that. And I want us, my prayer is today that we understand, even today in our present-day world, that there is a difference between celebration and honor. And I believe most of us are doing a good job at celebrating, but I, for one, myself, have done great at celebrating and been terrible at honor. And I want us to understand the difference. What is a celebration? A day like Mother's Day today. It's a day where we say, we honor you. It's the first thing we say. We're so glad that you're here. Today, we honor you. But I want us to understand that, no, today is more of celebrating them. And I believe that celebration is okay. It is good to celebrate. And on today's like Mother's Day or maybe on her birthday, what do we do? We get flowers and we get dinner and we get nice blouses and we get those earrings that she wanted or that jewelry that we heard of that she really liked that we didn't get her on Christmas. So we're going to get it to her on Mother's Day because it's just more special on Mother's Day or we'll get it on her birthday, whichever. And so here comes the shower of gifts. But today I want to tell you that that is celebrating, and I think that's okay, but we need to understand that honor is on a different level. And so when we look at the word honor in the, where God told Moses and it became part of the commandment, and the word honor there is a beautiful Hebrew word. And so what we're hearing in English is honor, but they're hearing a different word. And of course, associated to honor is respect. Of course, someone that you honor, you should also celebrate. 
But it is possible to celebrate someone without honoring them. And we're going to see. So it's this beautiful Hebrew word, if we could put it up there. And the pronunciation of this word could be pronounced a couple of ways I've seen it, so don't, don't stone me on it. <laughs> but it could be pronounced kabad or kabad. I've heard it pronounced with the B as a V. So kavad or kavad. I'm not sure. I think for most Hebrew words I looked at, when we translate them into English, Bs are pronounced more like Vs. So today, I'm just saying kavad, okay? Kavad. And so it's this Hebrew word kavad, and what does it mean? It does not mean celebrate, just so we know. It does not mean fear, just so we know. It doesn't just mean respect, just so we know. It doesn't mean salute in their presence. It goes deeper than that. So when God is saying to honor your father and your mother, and that's a commandment to the nation of Israel, and when the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 pulls on it to the New Testament church that is born again in Christ, Gentile and Jew, when he uses the word honor, he's not talking about celebrate. He's not talking about respect in their presence. He's not talking about buy flowers on Mother's Day. He's not talking about buy a diamond on her birthday. He's using and he's pulling from this word, kavad, which means to make heavy. Like, uh, do I really want to make my mom heavy? To give weight. Interesting word. How does that even apply? Well, there's a negative understanding of this word, or meaning this word can take a negative or a positive depending on the context of which it is used. For example, negatively, you can make something heavy by making something a burden to you. It becomes kavad to you. It became a burden to you, or you became kavod to someone. You have become a burden to someone, or a situation becomes heavy. It has weight on you. It's weighing you down. That is a negative way of using the same word. It's the same word that means this, but it also means that depending on the context of how it's used. But when this, verse, when this word is being used in the Ten Commandments, it's not to say make your parents a burden to you. It means this, when it says to honor them, it means this, that your parents, who they are, their presence and their words have weight in your life. And what they say and their presence and who they are and their instruction and their teaching holds weight and is heavy in your life. You see the difference? It's not celebrate her on her birthday. It's not give her flowers on Mother's Day, which are all good things, but only good if she actually has weight in your life. And so I would say our modern day Western world, we got celebration right, but this went out the window a long time ago. At best, it's sad, most of our modern day world, children are pitting their parents at best. Just how we pity the elderly. There was a time when the elderly were respected and revered. Now it's kind of like, oh, make space for them. Give them a chair. They're old. Like, let me just get around them. Poor them. And so the elderly and parents, the older they get, is more like just poor them in pity. And, and, and you know what happened? We've gotten so smart, haven't you? I've got, we've gotten so smart. Us millennials are God's gift to the world. We know everything. Our parents are primitive and old. We advance so much in technology. Our phones do things. They talk back to us now. That's pretty good, right? 
I drove somewhere. I had no idea where I was going. I didn't have to think where I was going. The thing was just telling me where to go. Just told me when I made a mistake, I said, don't worry. I got you. I love you. I will get you there, my angel. And it took, it took us there. And when I was ready to go home, I'm back. Where would you like to go now? I said, I'm going home. I said, no problem, sweetheart. We'll get you there. Like, your mach our machines make us feel loved. And we love our machines. I can't leave my home without my GPS because why? We've made the GPS kavat to us. And we made our phones kavat to us. This is what holds value because if you take this away from me, I will die. And if the internet, we will, blow, we will die, just kill us. I can imagine if the internet just vanished, people would be committing suicide and their lives would end. That's how much kavad these things have. And our parents, oh, oh, poor her. Poor her. Our parents, poor him. He's so old. Look how he thinks. It's old ways of thinking, old school. My old school parent, don't worry. I, they start telling us stuff. It's like, I don't want to hear that. I've heard that story one too many times. And when they think they have something to say, in our minds, it's old. We've already advanced from that. They're not, even, they're not even up to date with the information, whatever they have to say. And so it's like, yeah, we'll just listen to mom till she's done. We'll listen to dad till she's, he's done. We'll go and visit them when they're done. And most of us, we live lives where that's happening, and it's just too late at that point. Someone's phone? But, right? It's like we just, we just pity them. And then we celebrate them. Look, we pity them. Their words mean nothing. Their advice is too old. We already progressed too far. We pity them, and then, and then we go to celebrate them, which you should celebrate them, but you're celebrating them with no honor. But when, but, we're, but when we do it, it's like, today we do this to honor you. We'll see you again next year. We'll see you again next year. Put your wish list down now. I'll get it for you next year. That's not honor. You know how honor was defined to this people? Honor was detected not in celebration for them, but in obedience to them. Honor was detected in observance of their wisdom. Honor was detected in adherence to their godly teaching. And so their honor was counted by listening to their instruction. And so what? This is a, now, 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 now the commandment has a promise, right? Honor your father and your mother. So that, right? So that when you get into the land, you're going to live long in the land that God is giving you. I want us to understand this so we don't misinterpret this like I was as a kid. If I be nice to my mommy in her face, then I get to live long. If I celebrate mommy on mommy's day and give her a card, I'm going to live long. When I got, became a teenager, if I bought my mommy a gift, I got points towards honoring her. So therefore, God's promised me that I'm going to live long. I don't want you to think that this is a promise like this. Be nice, God tells you you get to live long. It's more than being nice on Mother's Day and on Father's Day and on birthday day and on whatever celebration day. Honor is that you obey. Honor is that you listen to instruction. Honor is that you adhere to godly wisdom. Now, 
pay attention to this. Why does this commandment have a promise? Because the last generation did not listen to God and they died in the wilderness, okay? And so now they received the instruction again, the word of wisdom, they received the Torah, they received God's commands, this new generation, okay? And now that generation is supposed to teach their children the ways of God, the Torah, the story of how God delivered them, the story of how God delivered them, and then they were disobedient, how they didn't honor God, how they their hearts uh, turned upside down, and how because they didn't believe God and because they didn't have faith, how they ended up dying, the generation died out there. So communicate that to your children, hear you, so that when God now finally brings you into this beautiful land, you don't go and do what they did, and then your days will be shortened in the land. So the reason why there's a promise on it, it's not like if you give your mommy a birthday card, then you get to live forever. No, it's listen, honor them, let them have weight in your life, their instruction, their story, their experience with God, so that when you get into this land, you don't act the fool like the previous generation and then you don't lose everything that God's trying to give you and so if you listen to their wisdom you listen to their experiences with God you listen to their biblical instruction that is what's going to keep you in God's land and in his promise you're you're living long and you're remaining in the land because you're adhering to the godly wisdom and you're listening to the instruction and as a result of good wisdom and good instruction as a byproduct of that you're going to live long but if you reject godly wisdom and if you don't listen to the things of God if you cannot be trained by your parents and you become rebellious and stubborn you're going to be just like the generation that did not have no faith and guess what's going to happen you're not going to live long so this is why honor your parents so that you may live long in the land that Yahweh is giving you. There's a reason for the honor. It's like when we say listen to your parents, right? Like we tell kids, listen to your parents. It's not just listen to them because they're just your parent. Or why should I do that? Because God said so. Yes, God says so, and yes, your parents said so, but the reason why they're saying so is because they have a knowledge that you don't have right now. And the instruction of godly, the godly instruction, godly wisdom, the wisdom is what leads to life. Not the fact that I just listened to them because the Bible said to listen to them, and so I did my part and therefore bore my blessing. It's just like Pastor Dan, you gave the analogy. The Bible talks about, yes, when you give, you're going to receive, but don't give saying, I gave $10, so I'm going to get 100 because the Bible says something about 100 fold. Pressed down, shaking together, running over. <laughs> and so we start using promises of God like gimmicks. Honor your father and mother so that I get to live long. I'm going to give so it could be given back to me. And so we're like, we're doing this like, if I do this, then I get that. And you don't realize that the reason why you're doing it because there's a wisdom in it. When you give to the church community, it also has the responsibility that the church is going to do what they're supposed to do. And in turn, that living organism, the church, is going to bless you and give back to you. But guess what happens if no one gives to the church? The church won't exist, so therefore it's not going to be given back to you. But if you give to the church by the principle and by the church giving life, you're going to receive back from the church. This is not give $10 and count how many more you're going to get. This is not, I gave her three flowers this year, and I got her a dress and earrings. Ooh, I'm going to get upgraded next year in my blessing. That's celebration, and we should do that. But celebration without honor. I wonder how many of us are just sitting here realizing that you just, we just pity our parents. 
Because the real question would be, do your mother's words still hold weight to you? Is your mother too old already for the times for you? Does when she starts speaking, you go on autopilot and you're like, yeah, I love this story, mom, and your mind just keeps going? If so, then we're only a generation that celebrates, but honor means that their life and their words still hold weight in yours. But if you're already smarter than her, if you're already smarter than dad, if she's just in the way, now, truth be told, we already told you, you know, there's some parents that are not present in their child's life. And so, like, how can I honor a mother? I get that. It's hard. You cannot, you can't pull honor from where nothing was deposited. So what would I say? You can still respect the person because we know that there's a difference between respect and honor now, too. And so I can respect someone that there's, there's not a means to pull honor from. To say that you don't honor doesn't also mean that you disrespect. It just means that there was nothing placed in me there's no weight given to me there was no substance deposited in me so i can't pull from a life experience of that which was not given to me if your parent was not present during your upbringing but you can step into their presence and you can respect their humanity respect them as a person now all of this you need to also understand that god is not just saying do this do this don't do you know like honor 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 and that's it and parents got to be rude, parents got to be evil, parents got to abandon, parents just walked around like, hey, there's a commandment that you got to honor me, so I get to do what I got to do. Absolutely not. This is God we're talking about. This is not a human, uh, you know, just putting things in place so that to serve to our own benefit. No, this is all on top of parents having a responsibility that Yahweh is their God. The first commandment's about the parents. The first commandment's about honoring God. The first commandment's are not taking God's name in vain. And so the commandment, the fifth commandment to honor them is on top of that they're honoring God first. And because they're honoring God first and because they're respectable and because they're people of integrity, then it is right for you to honor them. Because they're being obedient to Yahweh, you can be obedient to them. Because they're trusting God, you can trust them. Because God is leading them, you can allow your parents to lead you. So God is not saying this just honor to honor. It means honor because they have weight and they have substance and their substance is going to keep you alive. Why? Because the substance that they're going to deposit back into you is all the God that they receive. Through their honoring. And so because they're honoring God, he's filling them with his spirit. Because they're honoring God, he's filling them with his law. Because they're honoring God, they're listening to his words. And so when you honor them, then those words become weight on you and it's deposited in you. This was what was taking place in the home. A system of honor. Where, where fathers are receiving from God. And they're at the temple maybe. The man of the house is probably at the temple, did a sacrifice, and God received it. And it was counted as forgiveness for him. He gets to go home and talk to his wife and talk to his children about how God received him through his honoring. And now the child is going to grow up and he's going to teach his children the principle about the sacrifice and the principle of the celebration. And he's going to go back and he's going to tell them the story about how God delivered them. And now this parent is putting, depositing weight. That's becoming heavy to the child, not in a burden, but as weight, meaningful substance. And it's going to fill. It's, going to, it's filling. It also means to Kabbalah to, to give glory. It means to give glory. And so this is where the weight that you receive now is ascribed back onto God. And so this is a whole system that's in place that the whole nation is walking in. They're walking in honor of parents. 
and parents that are honoring God. And if the parents don't honor God and don't instruct their children, then the children are not going to honor them and nor are they going to honor God. And so when they get into the land that God gives them, they're going to lose everything that God gave them. It's like a father or parents who built a business and it turns into an empire and, 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 and it took them years to do that. And now they got a kid who's just basking in the, in the glory of his father, of his parents' achievements. And, and now the parents are getting old and they're going to have to do something with the business. And what do they want to do? Like all parents, you want to leave that inheritance and leave that business to your children. But if you didn't instruct your children along the way after it took you 20 years to build this empire, this multi-million dollar company, you give it to a stubborn little Timmy. A rebellious little Timmy, a Timmy that didn't listen, that his, your, your words to Timmy had no kabod in his life. You give that business to him, he will destroy that thing faster than you ever seen it go. So the whole nation of Israel, we're seeing sacrifices and you're seeing the temple and you're seeing seraphims here and Ark of Covenants there and you're seeing prophets here and there. In the home, there's a system of kavad. That all, why would a king grow up and be evil? Why would a man grow up and become king of Israel and be evil? I'm sure, like all generations, it all starts in the home. Why would he grow up? When you read the, the kings, oh my God, read them. I just finished Second Kings. Read it. You got king of the north. King of the south, the one in Jerusalem, the one in Samaria, Israel, just read it. And, and every time it says, and this king, he was rotten, rotten team Kimmy, Timmy over here. He followed in the bad footsteps of his father. His father didn't honor God, so he didn't honor God. I bet you he didn't honor his father. And then you just see it. The king after king, horrible, until one of them. Out of the mercy of God has this crazy experience with God and he does right by God. And then chances are that next king does good, but then that doesn't last. You're not getting the stories of the homes. You're just getting the stories of the kingdoms. But we all know it all takes place in the homes. Is this okay for Mother's Day? So look, God's ideal for parents and children because, right, we're reading all this stuff in Deuteronomy and Exodus, and you're reading about stoning and all that stuff. It was not a right for parents to just be evil to their children. That's not what this is. And if you're an evil parent, your kavod is not going to lead them to life. Your kavod just becomes the burden. Then the kavod turns into the negative. Your per, your, the way you parent them. The way how you treat them. The words you say to them. That's a weight on them, but not a good weight. It's a negative weight, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's wearing on them. So Christian parents today, you got to understand this, that yes, even the New Testament church, Paul said to, you know, for, for children, obey your parents in chapter 6, and to honor them, we read verses 1 through 3. Let's just read the fourth one. You guys don't have that, but look at how verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's Ephesians 6. Four. So don't think that this is just a green light because I'm a parent. They just got to do what I say. And they just got to kavod me, kavod me, honor me, honor me. What you don't realize is what you're doing is you're placing a burden on them. And so this is the reason why many kids snap and you, all the, the atrocities and the crazy stories that we hear. It's sad because no one's honoring no one. And you know what gets a parent to act that crazy and cuckoo with their kid? It's because they don't honor God. 
Them honoring God first helps them to know how to be parents to their children. This is why many of us, when we came to Christ, it made us better parents, didn't it? It should have. Children, when you come to Christ, you should be a better child. It should. That's the purpose. Don't tell me you got spiritual gifts, but you can't obey. You can't get home when you got to. You can't wash the dishes when they tell you to. You can't pick up the trash when they tell you your room's a mess even though they tell you. Don't prophesy in here. Don't lay hands on, lay some hands on the dishes that she told you to. Pray over your bedroom that it stays clean longer. Walk your dog as children of the light. Don't try to lead the church. Walk the dog in Jesus' name. And when your parent clears you on Kavad, then come here and worship and song and grab an instrument. But if you're not picking up trash, if you're not doing your homework, if you're rotten but you're full of the Holy Ghost, we rebuke that rotten spirit in you. We're not going to stone you. We're just going to pray for you. And we're going to help you, and we're going to be a community that comes around you. (laughs) But this is that everyone's doing their part of honoring. Parents are honoring God. You're honoring them. And so in the honor system, we live long. We don't honor God. We don't honor parents. We don't honor the children. The society collapses. Death is the result of that. Just look in our world. Just look, look at the crazy stuff in the world. It's because there's no honor. Deuteronomy 6. This is after Deuteronomy 5, okay? Deuteronomy 6, right after Deuteronomy. (laughs) Hope I'm not teaching nothing there. But these are the commands, the decrees, the laws. Yahweh your God directed me, Moses talking, to teach you to observe. Look where? In the land. It's a physical land. It's a specific land. It's Canaan. That you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that, here you go, so that you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God. As long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands. So this is really speaking to the parents about the children. So I know children are like, oh gosh, I got to honor them and I got to obey them. But know that your parents are called to honor God and obey him. So there's pressure on them too. There's pressure on all of us. And so that you, see, so that you may enjoy long life. That's how the promise works. Not flowers equal five years, a diamond equals ten. (laughs) Don't try to find a loophole and work the system here. That's not how this is. You can't manipulate God's promises. We're always talking about proclaim the promises of God. I want the promises of God. God wants the promises more for you than you want them for you. And the first one ever given is honor your parents so you can live long. Just listen to their advice and life and you will learn from them. Listen to their encounters with him and you will learn something that you didn't know by just honoring them. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be where? On your hearts. The passages we just read probably are the most sentimental words of God to the nation of Israel. Jews, 3,000 years later, hold those words. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and strength. They put them in their doors. They put them on walls. This was 
Don't think you're the first one to put up that verse on your wall somewhere. Because it was supposed to be written in their hearts for them. And these are the words that they're supposed to command to their children. Let's just keep reading. Impress them where? On your children. So look, as they're embedded in your heart, impress them. Look, see, like, see how it's like, that's an impression, I guess, right? Put your hand on yourself and go like that. And you see how your, your skin could, is impressed by your fingers? It's saying take those words and impress, as they're in your hearts, impress them. Do that again one more time. Push, push, push. How many people feel weight? That's kavad. You feel that it's heavy. So it's saying put this, impress, put these words, make them become weight on your children. Look, talk about them when you sit at home. Because we're reading about when they're slaughtering the goat and the bull and the sheep. But no, at home, they were, they, they were talking with their children. When you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when they're playing soccer with rocks, I don't know, afterwards, talk to them. When you lie down, even at the bedtime, when you know how we do prayers with our children, these, these parents were putting weight on their children at, you know, before bed, putting his words and pressing them. When you lie down and when you get up to... Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Many Jewish people, their houses will have that, that, that right there. I believe it's called the Shuma. It's right there. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul. It's right above the doorposts of their homes. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you... Into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a large land, uh, a, a land with large flourishing cities. You did not build houses and all kinds of good things. You did not provide wells. You did not dig. And vi vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. And then when you eat and are satisfied, he says, after God brings you and all of that, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And the way how you don't forget that, parents, is that you impress, you put that weight on your children, the weight of the stories, the, the experiences, the knowledge, the wisdom, the instruction. You take his words that are weighty in your heart and you impress them on your children. And when you guys do that, then the system is working and then we will live long in the land that our father has brought us to. So there's a reason to honor. There's a reason for honor. So my question today is, and I have to ask myself first, am I honoring my mother? And I hope you ask yourself the same question. When we get to Father's Day, we'll talk about him. But for today, today we're celebrating mothers hoping that it will produce honor. That was my prayer today. Because I know first and foremost, we say today we honor you, but honor is not, can't just happen in a moment of celebration. My honor up until this point, and when you say today I honor you, mom, that's not because of what happens today. It's what has happened throughout the year. So I want to tell you that if today you show up with flowers, Today, if we show up with dresses, today, if we show up with jewelry, today, if we show up with dinner, if there was no honor throughout the year, I can promise you it's not going to feel like honor to them. You know what that is? That's not honor. 
all that showing up was, that's a show. That's a show. If, if her words meant nothing to me throughout the year, if her advice meant nothing to me throughout the year, if her words of wisdom don't mean anything to me because I'm already too smart, if I can't find wisdom in her stories and her experiences with God, today won't, whatever we do with her won't be honored. It'll just be a show. And it's a sad show. You know why? Because we'll, many of us are just doing it so that we can feel that we did something for our moms. And so we could say to God, hey, God, remember that verse? In Exodus, I think it was, where if I honor my mother and father, I get to live long. Just want to remind you today I did that. I'm sorry, Timmy. I'm sorry, Timmy. God's going to say, Timmy, thank God for the grace. Thank God for, he's, God's going to say this. Timmy, you better thank God for Ephesians chapter 1, Timmy. Because the law was fulfilled through me, Timmy. Through the dispensation and the fullness of times, Timmy. I died for you, Timmy. And if I didn't die for you, Timmy, today on Mother's Day, the whole community would know, Timmy. And the whole church, and it would be okay, the whole church could take you outside today, Timmy, with your flowers, Timmy. And if it wasn't for me, Timmy, you would be dead stone, Timmy. But Timmy, because of what I did, and because I fulfilled the law, Timmy, today you get to repent for being stubborn and rebellious, and you get to ask forgiveness to me and to that beautiful woman, Timmy. And today, in celebration, Timmy, because that's all it is, it's just celebration, let today's celebration begin your honor for her, Timmy. And God's going to say, remember, Timmy, there's a reason to honor. Amen.